0: Welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I'm your host, Claire Sieber, Global Career and Leadership Coach, facilitator, speaker, and founder of Eating Your Cake 2, a business focused on helping you sell yourself with more confidence and take control of your career and leadership success. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to amplify your influence, accelerate your career growth, Create real presence and have a true impact by learning the tools and strategies that you need to show up with more courage, more confidence, and more clarity. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. We are in episode two of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast, and today we are talking all things imposter syndrome. Now, I've been pretty vocal about my own experiences with imposter syndrome because I believe that the more we talk about this stuff, the more we normalize it, the more we can move past it. And so today's episode of the podcast is also going to dig in a little bit deeper and I'm going to share with you the four key types of imposters that often eat away with us. And then I'm also going to give you questions to ask yourself if you're trying to work out perhaps which kind of imposter might be impacting you the most. Following from that, I'm also going to give you four handy tips and four handy hints that you can take and immediately start actioning in the way that you show up to try to get on top of your imposter syndrome. Now, I sit here and say openly, I am not one of those people who will say step one, two, three, and you can banish it forever. I believe in managing our imposter, not getting rid of it completely. Because when we have those little gremlins, those little voices that show up and they they question us, they challenge us, they make us feel like we're not good enough. Really, that is just our brain. It senses a threat. It's gone into overdrive. Our amygdala is panicking and it's trying to keep us safe, which means we're uncomfortable. And being uncomfortable is not a bad thing. Being uncomfortable is where the growth is at. So my argument has always been if we're never experiencing these feelings of self-doubt and of our imposter's voice creeping up in our head, then perhaps we aren't challenging ourselves enough anyway. Perhaps we aren't putting ourselves out there enough. So I go into this podcast and I go and anyone that works with me also knows that I am not a here, take this magic pill and it's gone. I am. Let's learn. Let's unpack it. Let's understand it. Let's learn how to manage it to work for us because there are ways that you can learn to love your imposter and you can learn to understand that really they're just, it's just trying to keep you safe. So we're going to dig in today and we're going to talk about, the first thing I want to start with really is what is imposter syndrome? We hear it thrown around a lot and stats are showing that 70% of people have experienced or experienced imposter syndrome at some stage in their careers and in their lives. And based on what I just said about those voices, you know, showing, up, when we're uncomfortable, when we're challenging ourselves, then that makes a lot of sense, right? That 70% of people have recognized that they've experienced a version of imposter syndrome at some point. But imposter syndrome is essentially a reoccurring emotional experience that leads us to believe that we are undeserving a fake or a fraud. It's those emotions, those voices that creep up and say, you're not like the rest of them you don't deserve to be here. You aren't old enough, smart enough, educated enough, qualified enough, whatever it might be. And imposter syndrome can show up at any time. It might not show up at all in certain aspects of your life. And then there might be something that you're doing that makes you a little bit uncomfortable and bang, there she is. For a lot of women in particular, though, we find that imposter syndrome shows up in our careers. It shows up and if it is not understood and it is not managed in the way to help us be effective, we can find that imposter syndrome takes over. And it prevents us from doing things like putting ourselves forward for promotions, for leaning in and sharing our ideas, putting our opinions on the table, speaking up a whole raft of different things that we can limit ourselves from or prevent ourselves from even standing a chance from getting because we don't believe that we're deserving. We don't believe that we're capable. And that is where imposter syndrome can be debilitating if it is not understood and not managed. So what I want to share with you are the four key types of imposters that can eat away at us. Now, you might see yourself a little bit in all of these. You might see yourself in none of them, or you might feel like I'm speaking to your soul. And there might be one of these that you identify with 100%. So whatever comes up for you is cool. My challenge to my clients always is the thing that rubs up the most, the thing that you really bump into and you go, oh, no way is that me. Sometimes that's the thing that we might need to challenge ourselves on and dig a little deeper into. So there's some fantastic work that's been done by Dr. Carolyn Gurner, and she really digs into a lot of her researches around imposter syndrome, understanding the mindset that sits behind each type of imposter, how it shows up, how it manifests itself in the workplace. And the kinds of actions that people take based on the kind of imposter that they might be and based on the kinds of stories that they might be telling themselves. Because remember, the stories that we hear, the stories that our imposter tells ourselves, it's just that. It's just one story. It's just one narrative. You have the power to change the narrative. you, Without making you sound like a crazy person, you have other voices in your head that you can listen to as well. Those voices are telling you a different narrative. What we want to start doing is strengthening those voices and weakening the voice that's telling us that we aren't good enough. So the first type of imposter that I want to talk about today is the perfectionist imposter. So this is the kind of imposter that sees absolutely any kind of mistake or error as a sign of weakness. Your weakness, you are weak and therefore you're a fraud and people know it. And when we have this kind of imposter that is embedded into our narrative, And it's embedded into the stories that we tell ourselves. We think we couldn't possibly let people see that. We couldn't possibly let people see that we've made a mistake or an error. So what we so often do is we prepare. We prepare, we prepare, we prepare, we over prepare. People with the perfectionistic kind of imposter will spend countless hours ensuring that every little detail is covered. It's perfect. There's no margin for anything to possibly go wrong. So if you're sitting there and going, oh shit, (laughs) this might be me, I would challenge you to ask yourself these three questions. When you do make a mistake, do you have trouble moving on from it quickly? Do you hold on to it and beat yourself up about it? Yet if that mistake perhaps were made by somebody else, you wouldn't even think twice about it. So really reflect on, are you judging yourself far more harshly than what you would judge others? The second question I would get you to reflect on is, are you generally someone who overprepares for meetings or presentations and feel that you have to ensure that every little detail must be perfect? If you're sitting there thinking, yeah, absolutely, that's me. There's no way I could ever make a mistake. I cannot look weak because if I look weak, people will think I'm not good enough ding, 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 my friend, it might be that your major type of imposter that derails you is the perfectionistic type. Imposter number two is the workaholic. And this one for me has been huge. This has been a real derailer for me. And if you listened to my story and my journey in episode one, you would have heard me speak a lot about how when I was out of, I felt out of my depth and I felt uncomfortable, the way that I dealt with that was by working harder and harder and harder. And so this type of imposter syndrome, the workaholic, this little beauty, feels that the need, they need to be a superhero in order to prove that they're competent, to, to prove that we're worthy. So the workaholic imposter will often be the first in the office, first there in even the virtual office, right? First online in the morning, last to leave at night because we believe that if we just keep working, we just keep working harder and harder and harder and we just keep delivering and sort of staying on top of of our jobs, that people won't notice that we're a fake. They won't notice that we don't deserve to, to, to be there, that we aren't good enough. And this type of imposter, this workaholic type of imposter, they couldn't possibly ask for help. We couldn't even consider ever reaching out and asking somebody for help because if we do that, that means we're going to be seen as incompetent. If we're seen as incompetent, then that's going to mean that we aren't good enough. And everything that we thought, that people thought about us all of a sudden is true. So the way that we deal with that, the, the way that that manifests itself, the way that those inner, that inner dialogue turns to action is that we think that we have to just keep working harder And harder and harder to get it all done. This was absolutely me to a T in my previous role when I was first getting started. I felt like everybody else was doing their jobs with their eyes closed. I thought that everybody else was finding it so easy and it was just me that was struggling. So therefore there must be something wrong with me. So I'll work harder, I'll work harder, I'll just work longer hours, I'll keep showing up, I'll stay back so that I look like I've got my shit together. So if you're sitting there thinking this might this feels like it might be me. Ask yourself these two questions. Do you feel pressured to work longer hours or harder than everyone else in order to keep up? And secondly, do you also seek out more responsibilities or projects even when your plate is already full to the brim so that you appear more capable? If you're sitting there saying, yeah, absolutely, that's me, then you might want to dig in a little bit more into this type of the imposter, this type of imposter syndrome and ask yourself, where might these feelings be coming from? What is this about? Number three, so the third type of imposter syndrome that I want to talk about that, you know, I often see show up in my clients, in the workplace, and it might be true for you, is the natural genius, right? So this type of imposter believes that, New things, new skills should always be easy to learn. Anything new that we read or we learn or we watch, we should be able to grasp it super quickly and with ease. It shouldn't be difficult because we make the assumption that everybody else is able to do that, that everybody else learns new skills, new tricks, can learn new software, read new reports, whatever it might be easily. And we make the assumption that if we can't as well, then there's something wrong with us. So the natural genius imposter believes that if they were as intelligent as everybody else, that things wouldn't feel as hard as they do. And so therefore, they believe that they don't deserve to be where they are. They believe that they're a fraud and they are convinced that people must know it. So the way that they deal with that is by continuing to try to show and look like we're able to pick up new skills, new tasks with ease instead of dum-dum-dum, asking for help or saying, I can't, I'm not finding this easy. Could you help me out? So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, this is a little bit familiar to me, the natural genius and, and making assumptions that if a new skill isn't easy to pick up, then it's, there's something wrong with me, then perhaps you want to ask yourself these questions. So do you give up easily on things that don't come naturally to you or feel hard? Are you ashamed to admit how long something might take you to learn or to grasp because you worry that people will think you're incompetent or stupid if you let them know that? And lastly, do you assume that others are always able to pick up new skills with ease? So if you're sitting there thinking, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, this might be me, then perhaps you really want to reflect on where those beliefs come from why might you feel that way? What assumptions have you allowed to become ingrained in your thinking that have made you think that everybody else is able to learn everything really quickly and it's just you who's not able to pick up skills with ease. The last imposter that I want to share with you, imposter number four, this is the expert. When we think about imposter syndrome and the expert type of imposter syndrome, the expert imposter believes that knowledge is power. So that having more knowledge, learning more, knowing more, having evidence that we know more is the answer. So this type of imposter believes that they have to know everything, everything that there is to know about something before they can do anything, before they can take action on something, before they can put themselves forward for something, before they can put their hand up for a promotion, a new job, a new opportunity. They have to just get, do one more course get one more degree, get one more certificate, finish one more year in the job. And then I will, then I'll know enough. Then I'll really be an expert. Then I'll feel deserving. And with this particular type of imposter, they believe that only when they know enough, only when they are truly an expert, that they are worthy. And I'm going to hazard a bet that there would be a couple of people sitting here right now, listening to this going, oh yes, this is me. And I know this to be true because I've got clients that I work with day in and day out who will say to me, oh, I would apply for that job if I just had like one more year's experience. I would put my hand up for that promotion if I just had this extra qualification. I see this manifest itself so often in women And I truly believe that is one of the biggest things that stops us from seizing opportunities because we think that we just need one more box ticked, one more certificate hanging on our wall telling us that we're enough. And so if you're sitting there thinking that this type of imposter really resonates with you, these are the two questions I would encourage you to reflect on. So firstly, do you feel that you have to know everything before you can commit to something confidently? And secondly, do you continue to seek out more training, even though others may say to you that your current credentials and qualifications are more than enough? So if that is you, you might have the expert type of imposter syndrome. Now, as I said, there may be more than one of these types of imposter syndrome types that resonates with you. There may also be none, or you may have something else that upon listening to this podcast, you've realized that you do. And that might be the type of imposter narrative that you're telling yourself. But I just wanted to go into it a little bit deeper because there's so much commentary around about imposter syndrome and what it feels like and, you know, how it can show up. But I thought by sharing with you these kind of four major types and how they play out in terms of thinking and actions and what it can look like in the workplace, that you might see yourself in one or more of these. And once you see it, you can do something about it. Imposter syndrome is manageable. It is manageable. And we are able to use it for good once we understand it. And you're also in great company. So if you're sitting there going, oh, man, like, what am I going to do about this? Am I alone? Hell no, you are not alone. People like Cheryl Sandberg, Tina Fey, Meryl Streep, are just a couple of the people that have come out publicly and have said, hell yeah, I suffer from imposter syndrome. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. But once you know it and you can call it out, you can start doing something about it. So if you're sitting there going, awesome, <laughs> thanks for that, Claire. Now I know my you know imposter style and now I'm sitting here going, great, I can see myself in one or more of these types, what am I supposed to do about that now? Well, you're in for a treat, my friend, because there are four tips that I'm going to give you around where you can start to manage your imposter. So the first thing to do is probably no surprise. Call it what it is. Call it out. Call it your imposter. Once you name it, once you can see it, hear it, and call it out, you can start doing something about it. You can also start being in a position where in the moment you can say to yourself, that's okay. that's just my imposter. That's just the narrative that they tell me when I feel unsafe, when I'm a little bit uncomfortable. So tip one is call it out, call it what it is, call it imposter syndrome. The second tip is now understand where your imposter shows up. So at the very start of this podcast, I said that sometimes our imposter isn't always there. There might be elements of our life where we feel completely confident. We're we're in flow. We're not even thinking about all of our self-doubt, the things that we don't feel deserving enough or worthy of. We're in flow. We feel, you know, confident in what we're doing. Yet other parts of our lives, that might be where the imposter shows up. So your opportunity is to reflect on this. Your opportunity is to ask yourself, what are you doing? When the imposter starts talking to you, who's there? Who's in the room? Are you alone? Are you at a meeting with senior executives? Are you with your team? You know, are you a new mom and you're starting to have little gremlins that are showing up purely when it's just you and your child? Are you questioning yourself about your ability there? Is it showing up for you in some of your relationships? Is it showing up for you saying to you, you don't deserve these kinds of relationships or, you know, whatever it might be? But the challenge is what are you doing? when the voices show up? Who is there? And what are they saying to you? What is the narrative? What are the stories that your imposter is telling you about yourself and your abilities? It is so important that we understand these key themes that surround your imposter. Once you understand them, you can, again, manage it. If you can't pinpoint when they show up, you can't unpack why they show up. So that's the second tip. The third tip, and this one is kind of fun but also very meaningful and that is to visualize her what would she look like right like i want you to actually imagine this hideous creature this just tyrant of a person visualize your imposter what would she look like what is she wearing what is her facial expressions and name her give her a name and every time she shows up you tell her to fuck right off Right. And I'm sure there are some of you sitting there right now being like, "Yeah, right. Are you serious? Yes, I am so serious about this. And this is why, because our objective here is to strengthen your rational voice, the voice that knows you're worthy, the voice that can see your unique strengths and your achievements. And we want to strengthen that voice so that it can override and silence the imposter voice. We also want to start disassociating you with the imposter. So by you being able to have a visual, an image, a picture, and moving it out of your mind away from you so that you're almost looking at the visual of this person whenever these voices come up, means you're starting to detach, disassociate the stories, the narrative that you're telling yourself. And this is work that I do with a lot of my one-on-one clients. I actually give them the challenge to go and find a picture of their imposter and I love some of the stuff that they come back with is incredible. Some of the pictures that they find of witches and horrendous looking monsters and they name them. They name their imposter. And the reason we do this, as I've said, is so we can disassociate. So that is tip number three. Tip number four, collect the facts and deal in reality. Collect the facts and deal in reality. When your imposter shows up and they try to dampen your spirit or tell you that you're not worthy, you're not capable, I'm not good enough, why am I here? I don't deserve this, right? They know the exact moment to show up. They know that it's just before you're going to speak in a presentation. They know that it's at that moment that you're about to put your idea or your thought out there. They know that it's when you're about to do something for the first time and you're a little bit uncomfortable. Doesn't make it reality. So when you collect the facts and you deal in reality, this is where you keep a list of your achievements, your strengths, evidence of positive feedback that you've had in the past, evidence of your success stories, evidence of when you have done hard things before, evidence of your positive contributions to projects, to initiatives, whatever it might be, so that you can go back and you can read these each time you need to when that imposter shows up when that voice is creeping up on you, when that little gremlin is taking over, you can deal in facts and data because you can show yourself evidence of where you have done hard things. So those are the four tips. One, call it what it is. Two, understand where the imposter shows up. Three, visualize her, name her call her out and start disassociating yourself from her. And fourthly, collect the facts and deal in reality. Finally, stick with it. You are retraining your brain. So for some of us, the stories that our imposters have been telling us, they've been telling us these stories for years. These stories, these narratives are so ingrained in us that it's going to take time for you to retrain your brain. It's going to take time for you to be able to keep drawing awareness to the narrative, grabbing it in the moment and throwing it aside. So don't beat yourself up if you fall down once, you fall down twice. Don't beat yourself up if the narrative takes over and you listen to that imposter. But do learn from it. Do pick yourself back up and do remind yourself of what you can do, what you're capable of doing and what you've already done. You've got this. Imposter syndrome shows up when we're uncomfortable and we are usually uncomfortable when we're putting ourselves out of our comfort zone. But as we all know, when we put ourselves out of our comfort zone. That's where the growth is. That is where the magic happens. That is where we get things like promotions, new job opportunities, chances to step into leadership, opportunities to grow our business. That is where the fulfillment, the joy, the learning is. So don't be afraid of it. That is it. (laughs) And that, just like that, we are at the end of episode two of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. Thank you for being with me here today. If you're sitting there going, oh man, this has just brought up a lot of stuff for me. I know I've got some, you know, really big imposter syndrome challenges. I need some help. I'm not sure where to, what to do or where to go. Reach out to me, jump on my website eatingyourcake2.com.au and book a call in my calendar. I am more than happy to talk you through about how you can continue to show up to manage the imposter and make sure that you are using the narrative to drive you forward and not push you back. So don't hold back, reach out, let's have a chat and let's see how I might be able to help you. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I cannot wait to see you again soon. Take care. Well, that's it for another episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. It has been amazing to have you here and I am so grateful for you taking the time to pop me in your ears as you go about your day or night. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eating Your Cake 2 and if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, reach out and say hi thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, then I would love if you would leave me a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with me here too. Until next episode, you've got this, you can do it, you are doing it, and remember to sell yourself with confidence. there thanks for hanging on and thank you again so much for listening to the podcast I truly love having you with me but I want to make sure that you know if you're ready to work together exactly how we can do it there are two ways to work with me individually the first is through my private one-on-one coaching program where I only take a very limited number of clients each year by application in this program we create a bespoke plan for you designed to get you smashing your goals If you're in need of someone to help you step into leadership, take control of your career, or design a powerful and energizing action plan to ensure you are seen, heard, and noticed at work or in your business, then this may be the program for you. The second way to work with me is through my private one-on-one Sell Yourself With Confidence program. This six-month proven program is purposefully created and structured, guaranteeing you get results. It's focused on four major barriers that I so often see preventing women from selling themselves. So at the end of this program, you'll walk away with a whole host of tangible deliverables, including a new pimped up resume, LinkedIn profile, relationship currency map, a unique selling proposition, a speaking with impact toolkit, and so much more. If you are ready to step up in your career or leadership, earn more be heard more and build an impactful and purposeful personal brand then now is the time for you to do it this private program will only be around for the next few months before we launch our global group sell yourself with confidence program if you feel like i would also be a good fit for your organization let's chat about how together we can create more confident courageous and self-aware leaders capable of driving positive change in themselves their teams and in your organization jump on my website and download the services info pack i'd love to chat to you book a call in my calendar the link is in my show notes thanks again so much for listening